0: hello hello
1: so what no fucking ZD now <laughs>
2: don't
0: make me laugh hi welcome to you know that episode i'm trev
2: and i'm victoria we're two friends who watch too much tv
0: we break down iconic episodes of good shows and bad and explain why we feel the way we do all right today we're talking about season five episode 18 of glee titled the backup plan which aired on april 29th 2014 now Last week, we talked about Prom Queen, which was Victoria's, like, least favorite. This week, we're talking about my least favorite. I hate this episode so much. <laughs> <laughs> I I, like... We were talking a little bit before we started recording about, like, wow, we don't really remember a ton of the plot lines in this episode. Only, like, a couple here and there. And that's how I feel. I think... Generally, this is like a total middle of the road episode, but there's one specific glaring reason why I hate this episode as much as I do. And we'll get into that. But I, before we do, I wanted, like, what are your thoughts about this episode as someone who isn't their least favorite?
2: Okay. Since it's not my least favorite but i still saw issues wrong with it i'm really excited to figure out if we had the same issue with the episode (laughs) like if my reason is the same as yours why i would be like oh i kind of don't like how this is going but i just feel like this entire rachel storyline is where my biggest problem is although i have a feeling that you're gonna say it's because the old lady tried to break up kurt and blaine okay no, so you agree with me? It's about I, the Rachel storyline. The
0: Rachel storyline infuriates me to a point where I can't. I don't even know if I have the words.
2: I'm almost it wondering if this is—is is it based on Leah Michelle's real story? I don't. I maybe. I
0: like maybe because it just the whole and like don't get me wrong. I have a couple issues with the Clain stuff, not nearly as many. Like they're. They kind of, I think my bigger issues with that are Kurt
1: mm-hmm.
0: in that plot line, mm-hmm. which is like whatever, but the Rachel stuff is just so, ca- like, exactly the opposite of everything we know about her.
2: She would never do this. It this doesn't make dream. sense. This her dream. Her dream. It's so out Why of she character. Why throw it away for something she knows nothing about. It's... afterwards it's, no.
0: It's so out of character. It feels like mm-hmm. fan fiction. Mm-hmm. In, like, the, in the most disrespectful way possible, I say that. As, like, mm-hmm. two people who love fan fiction so much, this mm-hmm. feels like bad fan fiction. It does. It feels like someone who does not... Has never seen an episode of Glee, does not know these characters, does not know Rachel's character. Like, and I... And I can understand where there's something to be said about getting everything you want and still not being happy or wanting or still wanting more or anything like that, but that doesn't track for Rachel. That still does not make sense. It and doesn't we'll get make into sense it. at all. No, it's so... It's like, all we... If there are three things you say about Rachel, like, any anyone, you walk up to them and you're like, do you know Glee? Do you know the character Rachel Berry? Tell me three things about this character. She wants to be a Broadway star. She idolizes Barbara Streisand and Funny Girl specifically, and she would do anything to be to on that there. stage to get there.
2: Period. For her to
0: just throw it away for some plot pilot she doesn't know anything about for this person that she's never met before,
2: guys she's never met. Like it just
0: it doesn't mm-mm. it doesn't track, doesn't track in a way that, and it doesn't even do the oh well she's. She needs to almost lose what she has to understand how important it is. It doesn't even do that right. It doesn't even do that in a way where it's, like, It's just a throwaway line. She's like,
2: listen, I thought about it, and I've been thinking about going on that stage every single day, and you're just, like, so right. Like, that's what I need to do. Like, I finally realized it. Um... It's just a throwaway line. Like, it should have been like a huge reckoning if she was going to go down this route and be like. It should
0: have been a moment. It should have been something big. And then Mm -hmm. all of that is thrown away at the end when she gets a call from the Fox guy and he's like, that didn't work out. I'm sorry. You're like, we found someone who was right for it. But we want to do this other TV show based around you. It's like, no, you're just, you're still losing the plot. You're still missing the point of that she's not supposed to want to do that. The character should not want to do that. The character should understand. That Broadway has been her goal since day one. Yeah, maybe she wants to branch, and she does mention wanting to branch out to TV and movies and stuff like that here and there. Babe, you're fucking Fanny Bryce. This is the role of a lifetime, and like, look, I understand that it's very pointed <laughs> given the current circumstance of the Funny Girl revival, and that plays a huge factor in like my thoughts about all this too. Because you, it just, it's so fucking infuriating. It's so, it doesn't make any sense. It makes me so mad how, like, it just, she's willing to throw this away? This thing that she has literally worked since she could, before she could
1: walk
2: I can't for. believe that Leah wouldn't immediately have been like, no, I'm not doing this storyline. That's not Rachel at all. Like, why didn't she, like, defend her character? But on the other hand, that's what, the part of me that's making me feel like it's more based on Leah Michelle's real story. And not as much on Rachel. Because, think about it. Leah's she started a Fox show. She started on Broadway. I have a feeling that the guy who approaches her, the first guy who approaches her, um, is probably based on somebody who approached Leah for Glee right after she finished right after Yeah, she like a Ryan spring Murphy Awakening.
0: stand-in agent type guy, whatever. Not even
2: Ryan Murphy because he's the showrunner, but somebody, an agent for Fox, like a scouting yeah. agent for Fox probably went and saw Spring Awakening and was like, wow, she's got a gift. We need to have her.
0: That makes sense, because when was... What year was Spring Awakening again? That was, like, 2007,
2: 2008. Yeah. That makes
0: sense. That timeline does make sense. And especially, like, like, the story of her audition for Glee makes a lot of sense for Rachel Berry's character, which is, like, literally the reason she got it, where she got into this car accident on her way to the audition, and she had, like, broken glass, like cuts all over her arms and stuff like that and mm-hmm. still went to the she audition She still showed up she still showed up and she still slayed and she still like delivered and they were like that's literally rachel berry that's the character she's willing to do anything to be a performer which just feeds into why she would do anything to be fanny Bryce. she would she would kill someone to be able to know, do but... these eight shows a week
2: man i know but i have to say something too when she's talking to the dude Like, I think it's her agent or something, the old dude.
0: When he tells her she can't do it because of her face?
2: Yeah, she's like, I've been thinking about this, and I think that I really want to parlay this into a film career and potentially branch out into TV. Like, she did express the thought and the theory that she was... And then when, I mean, her face when he says that he wants her to be Fanny Bryce for the next 15 years is so telling (laughs) because she's like, um, No.
0: Ah, it's, it's so, it makes me, yeah. It just is so upsetting because it's just like, yeah. it's this. I also think it's a structure issue for this show in and of itself. I think season five probably should, this is my hot take. Season five should have been the end of the show. No way around that. I don't think season six is necessary. I don't think doing a half season was necessary. I mean, I think it almost never is. That,
2: it I almost feel the never same way. Is. I feel the same way about the L word. The L word had a half season for season six and it's all based around the death of one of the main characters. Yeah. But it's just a stupid ass like it and, like, sucks. Game of it's...
0: Thrones, same thing where they did half seasons and shortened seasons and like all this shit, and it just doesn't give you the time. It's either do a fully fleshed out season and really plan it, or don't do it at all. I think Pretty Little Liars also had a, a short last season which is like a disaster and also just top of mind because my friends have been watching the new one. But I, okay, so here's the thing. Season five is like bad. Season six is not much better. They also fully abandon all the new characters for season four and five, pretty much except for like Kitty and Unique randomly show up here and there. And they're not even in this episode. We get no high school in this episode.
2: Oh my God. Did you even realize that? I didn't even realize that. I think. But I think I was just so focused on. It's like, so
0: focused. They literally yeah. only care about the older kids at this point, because mm-hmm. now Blaine is out. And because doing... they know
2: that that's what the fans want, though. I always had a problem yeah. with the way that they divided it up. They fucked it up. Yeah. They should have kept all of the same people in the same boat. If they wanted a new cor- cohort, they should have done it the way Degrassi's New Generation did. Ab- it. Where,
0: Degrassi does it so fucking well.
2: Right, because all of the people evolve together. There's none of this bullshit about some people stay behind, some people move forward. No, like, everybody's together. All of the people you care about have storylines that are intermingled still, and all of the people you don't care about have their silly stuff. And, you, and just...
0: you, with Degrassi, you still get the characters who come back, like,
1: yeah.
2: s-
0: like Spinner comes back and all that type and of Page shit. And back. Page comes back. And Page, And like Liberty. Like you get these yeah. characters kind of playing in and out with like the new group, but like they're not the focus because the new kids were set up so well. I think like Degrassi five, did it perfectly. Degrassi, Degrassi did yeah. high
2: school show perfectly. Like, aging that was these the kids blueprint. out.
0: It's like you get four years and then you're aged out and it moves on. And sometimes you'll show up, sometimes you won't, whatever. It's okay. It's just depending on if you hit right with the audience. I think season six has a couple interesting storylines of like the reason the kids are back in Lima and all that type of stuff. And right. I don't think it's bad. hmm I think the Britannia stuff and the Clain stuff from season six should have been a part of season five to get them back together at the end and you have these moments of like because the glee club at this point is like dissolved because they lost and yeah. sue was the principal and everything like that so it's like season six is the revitalization of the Glee club no the show should have ended with the end of the glee club in my is opinion
2: called glee it, like, it doesn't it's
0: and I think it would have been because you got the end when they have that big performance of like everyone coming back. The last half of the season five should have been kind of this like victory lap of getting of like Britannic getting married and getting back together and ending like ending up together. In and the moral five.
2: would have been like the club brought us together, but we built lasting friendships that extend beyond the club. Exactly.
0: And- And, like, Claim having their moment. Yeah. Rachel getting this really big... Like, the show should have ended with her getting a Tony nomination for Funny Girl. And you don't see if she wins it, but you know she got the nomination. So she's made her claim, and she said, I'm here. This is her moment. It should have ended with uh, Mercedes' album coming out. It should have ended with, like, Artie's in film school now. Tina's at Brown. Mike Chang is at that school in Chicago. Like, Kurt and Blaine are doing their thing. Kurt's, like... Work, I think Kurt should go back. I think Kurt should have stayed at Vogue.
2: What the fuck is going on? <laughs> I don't think Kurt
0: should have went to niata
2: I don't think so either. Hot I take. Think, wait, we need to jump into the part in the very beginning. Yeah. Because can I just say something? Blaine is so salty about drama school. He hates it. He fucking hates it. and then He and just ha- never looks happy here. Can I say something? I literally, when I started watching this, like in the first four minutes of the show like the episode i thought to like my note literally says i have never seen this episode because i don't (laughs) i don't get it like why is blaine my other note is why is blaine being such a bitch blaine is like it's i
0: the first scene it's the acting is wild they're like not selling it it's not exactly
2: i wrote this scene feels fake this scene literally felt so you know what it
0: feels like and this is like no shade because i also really love this show this looks like a scene in bones
2: I've never seen Bones, so I can't agree with it's you like, or disagree with you, but I feel like it's I a know show what you that
0: mean. I really like but isn't good. It like it's the most T V looking show, T V show. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it just okay. has that set vibe and like it's not it doesn't look expensive a lot of the time. That scene where it's Kurt and Blaine, it doesn't look expensive. The way the camera cuts back and forth between them is like really it's... jarring and stupid. And that happens a lot every time they talk. It just keeps cutting back and forth.
2: For me it was Kurt's delivery and Blaine's delivery both yeah like they both sounded so fake to each other they were
0: so over it
2: Blaine was being so bitchy and then (laughs) Kurt's like yeah she's coming she's like a major star and then Blaine all of a sudden is now excited and is like wow that's amazing so what's the big deal and he's like well we're gonna be putting on like this cabaret to impress her and the best part is you're gonna be in the show with me and Blaine's like wow that's so fun yay it's It's so fake
0: (laughs) Blaine's line, like the line reading when Blaine is like, Is this another one of those like bro- old Broadway actresses that we're all supposed to know and care about? Or whatever the fuck he says.
2: That's exactly what he says. And to so me, it's so
0: like, mean. Why is
2: he being such a bitch? He was
0: being, it's so mean the way he says it. And yeah. it's so, it feels very out of character for Blaine. Cause even when Kurt is just rambling on, like no one gives a shit, Blaine always still shows interest and it's like, looking at him with these puppy dog eyes yeah like
2: genuinely in love and yeah
0: maybe there's context in the episodes before or after to show them kind because i mean they set up kind of the whole breakup that they eventually have in this episode too with her being like you need to dump him so maybe there's more of that that i'm not remembering in other episodes and that's like playing into the disinterest but it's just like it's very jarring to just see like
2: blaine being harsh like that
0: yeah and it's very out of character even if there are things being set up he's never acted like that even when they have their disagreements he's never just out and out mean but i just like he does look good the set like there's this is a, the most set that i remember from the show like in out as an out, it doesn't look like new york like this doesn't
2: okay because i was gonna ask in the stage door scene with leah do we think that's a fake stage door or a real one i think because... so
0: I'm which trying one? to. I'm. I, I think. I'm. Tr- I think it's fake. Cause I'm. Tr- I'm. I mean. I j- literally just watched it an hour ago, and I can't remember anything about that scene other there's, than her signing things and then signing the homeless guy.
2: There's a window card for In the Heights right next to the door, which was yeah. what made me feel like okay, like either that, either that's a prop, or I can't, or I am misremembering when In the Heights closed.
0: I'm look. Yeah, I when the In the Heights closed, in. Oh my god! Am I can I not read? Opened Broadway two thousand eight. It opened. When did it close? Jesus. Two thousand eleven. It closed.
1: Okay.
0: So I think it has to be a set. I think it has to be a set because at this point, like, especially because they do have that backlot scene later on mm. when she's going to the fox. I know. Pilot. I literally
2: wrote this was probably filmed like on the exact spot that they normally film glee I. it like,
0: also might just be the set they use for bones too
2: that's so funny because that
0: was also fox i think
2: <laughs> That's so funny
0: so like that might be why i'm thinking this way yeah because that was on fox too and they use like it's all the same sets and shit like that obviously yeah. to save money but yeah i don't know it's just this whole episode feels very everyone feels very out of character yep. except mercedes and santana
2: yeah they stayed true
0: they, and that's, I think, my favorite part of this whole episode is the two of them.
2: Me too. I felt like Naya looked so fucking stunning. Like the prettiest she's ever looked. I think she looked like she was like getting older too. In she a looked good grown. Way. In a yeah, really she looked way. like she really looked like an adult, like, at
0: like, peace with herself in this in this episode.
2: And the character evolution, my my my. Okay. Oh, thank
0: God. But I yeah, I don't know. This whole episode just like is really infuriating for me and really befuddling. Like the storylines and like, it feels, it feels very like, I don't know who wrote this episode, but we have beef, but I have beef because it just doesn't feel like they know the, it doesn't feel like the characters at all.
2: I felt like Leah. So in the scene after the one with Mercedes and Santana reuniting. Yeah. I felt like Leah looked really beautiful, but I could absolutely tell that she was lip syncing. This, the type yeah. of shot that they chose for that moment was not the right type of shot because they kept trying to show that time was passing her by sort of thing. Like, they kept coming to grab her wig and come, kept, like, coming into, yeah. into the um And, like, room maybe and,
0: I'm stupid, but it took me too long to realize that.
2: No, you're not stupid. It just was not the right type of shot for that scene. Like, because I could tell that she was lip syncing because of it. Like, yeah. the, the way that her mouth was moving and the song was like playing she was it's... too calm for her to have been singing because you know when leah michelle sings you can see that it's big her... yeah she did not look like that she looked like she was mumbling the words to the song
0: yeah and again the scene it's just like this episode sucked rachel berry like bitch she is rachel berry mm. and she has a gold star on her dressing room mm-hmm and she's fucking Fanny Bryce on Broadway, and she's getting rave reviews. Mm-hmm. People love her. The show's a show. hit. The show's a hit. It's making money. It's sold out. Like she's doing eight shows a week. She's the star of the show. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like a situation where they could get away with doing the like the understudy. When that comes up, they're like they don't want to. That Rachel Berry is what's selling this. This is her dream. She's did it, and she's what twenty years old when she finally gets this. This is setting her up for the rest of her career where she could be in any production on any stage in the world and it would, like...
2: And I think sh- the point is, is that she chooses to do TV because she thinks that's a bigger gateway to fame than being on uh. Broadway is. And I feel like it's, again, I feel like it's based on Lea Michelle's story. I really do. I really genuinely feel like... And they I, bel- decided I think that to makes go, sense. They decided to go in a mockumentary... or Not even that, but, like... Based somewhat, on a real story. Yeah, type historical shit. historical fiction, basically. Where they want yeah. to say, like basically hinting at this is the direction that the actual people in the show took and make it something meta. There's another show that did that that I can't remember what it what it is right now. If I remember, I'll say it. But there's another show where like you're watching it and it's fiction up until that point, and then there's a storyline towards the end of the show that is very, very, very similar to the storyline of the Actors or one of the actors who's actually on the show. I think I know
0: what you're talking about. I can't remember for the life. Fuck, of Fuck! What
2: show is it? I almost wonder if it's like why can't I remember? It's one of my favorite shows too.
0: <sighs> it's also just like yeah. Ah, uh, I'm uh, like this is sim. This makes me similarly annoyed as the scene in New York when she doesn't know that cat's closed.
2: Right, because it's just like that is not Rachel. That is not it Rachel. It doesn't
0: make sense. And then even when she's talking about all these people when Kurt is like, You're insane. Mm-hmm. This like take do not do that. Like, don't go to LA. Like you have reached your dream. Right. He's like, and what this are is you the thinking? first step. And she's like He's like well, the
2: voice of the audience in that moment.
0: Exactly. And she's like, Well, think about all these people like Meryl Streep and all this stuff who've like parlayed who've jumped from stage to screen. It's like, Yeah. But they paid their dues. They cut their teeth on stage. Like, look at Barbara. Like she, she, like she cut her teeth, and made her name on the stage. So then she could eventually be ever. Then her talent was undeniable. They said she is a star. She sells. She puts fucking asses in seats. Mm-hmm. You have not fully proven that yet. That you are a name in your even in the, and the and agent says
2: that he's like yeah. you are a nobody. You are a child. You are, blah. And blah, you blah, could,
0: blah. but the thing is, you could be. And if you take your time. And you show that you're like, this is the role of a lifetime and this is your chance. Then people will put money in you and put your, put their fucking time and money into making you this movie star like they did with Barbara. It's just like, it just doesn't click with her character and for five seasons now... All we know about Rachel is that she wants to be Barbara Streisand and she wants to be Fanny Bryce and she wants to be on Broadway. Yeah. And now she gets it and now it's all. She's like, "Uh, I don't know. This is tough. This is
2: hard. Yeah. I mean, in the scene... I know, because in the scene that we get with the guy coming to her actual dressing room after that terrible number that she does, the song sucked. Like, yeah, it's, just period. She it's sounded just, great, but the song was not the right choice. It's just,
0: yeah, it doesn't make sense.
2: So then, the guy comes to her dressing room, and like I was saying before, I think definitely most likely based on some random ass person who worked for Fox who approached Leah for Glee. Absolutely. And he's like, "Yeah, only for like, you know, only five thousand more shows to go." But anyway. Um, She's like, yeah, I'm really starting to feel the wear and tear of eight shows a week. Like, I would totally be interested in um, going to audition for your pilot and all that kind of stuff. And like telling him basically that she would do it after the other dude basically told her, no, you can't do it. Almost wonder if she said she could do it or... Tried to do it because the other guy had told her she could never do it. Yeah.
0: I think that makes sense. I also think... That
2: makes a little bit more sense than somebody just giving up their dream completely. Like, somebody telling Rachel, no, you can't do it, or no, you're not good enough.
0: Now she's going to prove a point.
2: Exactly. And I think...
0: Now, I'm thinking about it now, and it's like... For me, if... Okay, this young girl, she's this is her big break. She's on Broadway. She's doing this thing. She's Fanny Bryce. I think most... People, especially being that she's the star she's the big draw it would make sense to me i'm also not a broadway producer or anything like that like obviously mm-hmm. if she said hey i'm feeling the wear and tear of doing these eight shows would it be okay if i if the understudy did one or two of the matinees a week or something like that just so i could mm-hmm. like rest and just do the?" i
2: think she only said it as an out
0: She did. She didn't actually
2: mean that. I don't even, I don't believe it for a heartbeat because.
0: Oh, she didn't mean it at all. But I also think that would be, that would make sense as like from the producer and everything's point of view of being like, well, it should make sense that we keep our big star. The, the draw rested so it's like okay we'll give her we'll give one of those shows away to the understudy who can handle it because that's like her i mean obviously she can't handle it she's an idiot
2: she fell off the fucking lip of the what stage the fuck like fuck who is the that? fuck does that it, it's just no it's so now.
0: yeah but it's like ah it's so silly it doesn't make sense like mm-hmm. nothing in this episode makes sense feeds into the next in a way that makes sense
2: i totally agree it and, makes you so upset. But all I could think about in this episode was like, I can't believe the fact that Leah is coming back to Broadway in the I... exact role that she literally got on this fucking TV show. It is
0: all I could think about. It's dumbfounding.
2: Trev, I literally was like watching it. And like in my head, all that I could think about was like, it is so wild that Leah Michelle is literally living out this is the Rachel. most meta thing that's ever happened. She's literally living out the literal storyline that her that her character goes through. What in the did Ryan sho- Murphy know? Seriously, like, did he manifest it?
0: It's so because I know he had the rights at one point to Funny Girl for oh and God. was like planning on doing it for rate for Leah Michelle for Ra- like, for Rachel. for Rachel basically. <laughs> so I but like even then it's this is. This is spooky shit.
2: Mhm. It's crazy. It's literally crazy. Um, and then we get another amazing scene with Mercedes and Santana, and she's basically, like, look, I don't care what my agent says about you not being good enough. You are gonna record this song with me. So please, just stop being, stop being like that. Like stop being silly. Yeah, we need to, we need to find a perfect way to record this song. So they go and they do all that like. Hunting for that perfect spot, and finally they go to the basement. Can I just say that Naya is so gorgeous in this episode? She's so
0: beautiful, and she sounds incredible. They are both
2: so gorgeous, so talented, favorite duet couple. Like, that has never changed. And also just such a good friendship. Like, Mercedes, ride or die friend.
0: In a way that, like, later on we see Rachel being like, What do you want for this? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And Santana's
2: like, You think that's the kind of friend that I am? Like, the
0: only person who sees, like, Mercedes has always seen Santana for who she is. Mm. She's always seen under all the bullshit and seen that she's a good person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I love them together. And also like... I think it would be cool if they did a cover of the song for the album. I don't think that's unheard of for an R and B singer.
2: Definitely not. I mean, most do... R and B singers have like at least one cover on their debut album. Because yeah, because they don't like, have that's... enough solo songs.
0: It's their first step in the door. Covers mm-hmm. are huge. It's mm-hmm. always like mu- Like the music industry is built on covers. Like, mm-hmm. it's yeah. I I like the idea of that, and I'm bummed that that's not they don't. It's not where they go because mm-hmm. it would have been really cool. Because it's like okay, yeah, you don't have the star power to sell a single. But you have an incredible voice and you can sell someone else's song, which is mm. just as impressive. Mm-hmm. But she said they both sound lovely here. They and I, I really so like this whole scene and how it's shot. It's really interesting.
2: That thing. Oh, it's they chose such the a perfect good song. song. It's such a good song. But yeah, they sound so good. They look so good. Like the vibe is just right. Like they're the only good thing about this episode.
0: Yeah. Honest to God.
2: And then we cut to Kurt and he's on the phone with Rachel and sh- and he's or wait, no. He's not on the phone with Rachel yet. That comes later. They're just talking in her bedroom, right? Yeah.
0: And he's like, you're a dumb bitch.
2: Literally speaking truths only. Like in my head, I'm thinking, why is she doing this audition without knowing more about the guy who approached her first? Or
0: even what it's for.
2: Like I'm mad at her at this point. I'm mad at
0: her. She knows nothing about
2: the pilot. She hasn't seen the script. She knows nothing about this guy who approached her. This could be a complete and utter scam. I don't I don't think for a second that Rachel would do this. She no. literally broke up with Finn in season three to give herself more time back to write her songs for a fucking competition. And this is her literal career. And also... Like, nothing is stopping this bitch. In like, season...
0: What? This Rachel storyline would almost make more sense in season four or season three, where she's kind of a bit more naive and she's new to the city and she hasn't had this experience of, like, auditioning for shows and being in school and learning from Cassie and, like, all that stuff. You know But by now, she's got a little under her belt she knows what she's talking she's a young about she's, adult. Been through, she's been through school sh- a little bit here and there she like she knows a little bit more of the ins and outs of the industry like she's dealt with a bit more bullshit she's not naive enough to just be like oh i'm just gonna go to la for a pilot that i've never heard of and don't know anything about Like and
2: not tell my agent and it's it not- doesn't make
0: sense it's she's not that naive at this point earlier yes now, no, I'm not giving her the credit. I'm not giving them credit of saying, "Oh yeah, she's just being naive. She's being an idiot." It's like, no, she knows better now. We've seen that she knows better now. She's been set up to know better. It's so infuriating. It makes me so mad.
2: Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm like mad at her. Whatever. So we cut again to Kurt and Blaine storylines, and we <sighs> meet. Like, I can't believe they got Shirley MacLaine on this. She looks show.
0: so good in this episode
2: she does but like i just can't even believe like one of the biggest like, the names in Hollywood, what is she doing on the show what is she doing <laughs> like it just like
1: what the fuck
2: you're shitting me but chris it's so colfer, weird chris colfer sounds amazing in his low register like yeah
0: thank god he didn't go high for
2: this please lord god like and then as soon as they start singing and she's kept like giving blaine that look i immediately remembered yeah, that I remembered her character liking Blaine more, and I'm like, okay, maybe I have seen this episode, and I just don't remember anything else other than this. They sound great together.
0: They do sound really good together. Um, I, I love One Direction.
2: I was gonna ask, are you a directioner, or were I am you a, direction- a directioner.
0: I, I, I was a directioner. I think I, I still really love One Direction. Mm. I, I have transitioned fully into being someone obsessed with Harry Styles and Niall Horan now. Mm. Which is my own journey.
2: I love that for you.
0: Yeah. But, like, uh, why this song? (laughs) Why are they performing this song in this space?
2: It feels like
1: shenanigans. It's very (laughs) weird.
2: And then Blaine literally, like, gets on his hands and knees to, like, kiss her hand. I'm like, Blaine, get off the source, sweetie. Like... You're on. on the
0: floor. Have some respect for yourself. Get off yeah. the ground. It's very weird. It's just like I feel like they should have chosen a different song to pay respect to this old, ho- this old New York socialite. Like, why not a song? Like, so wait, I a have less a question now. Contemporary though. song.
2: Yeah, but can we get some clarity around something? Is this lady like Angela Lansbury? Like, I don't get what the fuss is about. Like, who who is she supposed to be? Like, give me a name I... that I actually know. I think she's supposed
0: to be like a like a Tingsley Mortimer, patron of the arts, like um hmm. like a Vanderbilt type figure.
2: Okay, so she's not actually a performer. She's, she's more No,
0: like... she just happens to be able to sing and we see that later on. But I think she's okay. more of like a Vanderbilt type deal. Okay. Someone who's like an old New York socialite who just really loves the arts and all that yeah wait 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 wait
2: Uh uh-oh
0: did you know timothy oliphant is a part of the vanderbilt family no what the fuck
2: in in what way in what way he's
0: he's like i guess like anderson cooper's cousin or something like that
1: what
0: what personal life (laughs)
2: <laughs> are you even gay if you don't immediately go to personal life when you go on somebody's <laughs> Wikipedia page? <laughs> How is he?
0: How? I'm curious, because I was on... I went to the Vanderbilt family Wikipedia to, like, whatever. Uh-huh. Branches of the family are found on the United States' East Coast. Contemporary descendants include journalist Anderson Cooper, which we know, actor Timothy Oliphant, musician JP John P. Hammond. Who is that? I don't know him. He doesn't matter. Um, screenwriter James Vanderbilt, which, that makes sense. Oh. Oh, he's, he has no sleighs. Wait! He has a sleigh incoming! What? He's gonna, he wrote the new Scream movie, and he's gonna be writing the next one. Wait, that is iconic. And then the Duke of Marlborough. What the fuck is going on? I'm so confused.
2: Hmm. And I then, knew he's none related of
0: this. to the Onassis family, this is no. All, this now
2: that now you're you're going overboard now. This is Are too incesty.
0: Yeah. No, I'm not. I swear to God.
2: How is he? He's re- part of the Onassis one? family. In
0: no again the in what guy, way? The Duke of Marlborough was like married to someone who's from the Onassis family. I don't like this. This these old families, man. How is he related oh, to a Vanderbilt family tree? Guys, this doesn't matter, but now I need I mean, to know. I mean, we
2: always have one part of our podcast episodes <laughs> that never, that it just doesn't matter, but it's fine. We're going to figure it out and then we'll move on.
0: Okay. Through his father, Timothy is a four times great grandson of industrialist Cornelius Vanderbilt and three times great grandson of his son, William Henry Vanderbilt, who vastly expanded the Vanderbilt family fortune. So it's one of those.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: Sure.
2: Okay. We'll Alex,
0: I fine. I like Timothy Oliphant. I like when he's in First Wives Club. I like when he was
2: on The Office.
0: Didn't know that.
2: Yeah, he's on The Office. He plays um, this character who's like a really good salesman, really hunky, obviously, and yeah. he's like a former ex-boyfriend of Pam's. And when Jim finds out that the dude like ghosted her, Jim like makes it his mission to find find out why the guy ghosted her, and then he's like, "That's cute." It is cute. And then you find out that the dude was just like
1: a douchebag.
2: No, he's like, honestly, Pam, you're kind of a nerd. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I respect and then, that.
2: But Jim's like enamored and like finds it so charming that she's a nerd. Like she, it's yeah. during a Halloween episode. You just, you had, you have to watch it sometime.
0: Eventually, I will watch yeah. it because I know you want to talk about it on the podcast. But Timothy Oliphant's also in my favorite screen movie. So,
2: oh yeah. Yeah, I forgot. Icon. I forgot for one second that he was in that Scream movie. He's Just so for one good. second. He's so yeah. good at
0: that movie. But um, anyway. That, that this, movie is so good. Regardless, I think she's some sort of Vanderbilt type, patron of the arts figure, socialite, okay. Onassis, Tingsley, Mortimer vibes. Okay. Is the best I'm I can give you.
2: I'm following now. Yeah. So she's but a bitch, though. She's a bitch. She, I mean, she hates Kurt and she loves Blaine. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I get it. Um, and Blaine's, like, just such a loyal, dedicated boyfriend. He's back. He's finally back. He's like, maybe Thank I should God. just stay home with you and watch Scandal. And... Me.
0: Me I mean, never leaving my house.
2: He's so dedicated and so good. Like, we're back to the old Blaine from previous that episodes. That first scene.
0: Very no clue. weird.
2: He was, must have just been in a bad mood or I don't know yeah. what was his problem. But did you know that the waiter in this banquet scene... <laughs> Eric is Roberts. Lit- did he, he literally played I Shane's
0: screamed
2: he literally played Shane's deadbeat dad on the L word among other that's, things among many other things but
0: among ju- being Julia Roberts brother
2: okay the way the smile just faded off of my face
0: like that's Julia Roberts brother
2: <laughs> what the fuck that guy's so ugly <laughs>
0: That's Julia Roberts' brother and Emma Roberts' father. Are you lying? I... Never in my life. That is fucking Julia Roberts' brother.
2: Uh, Julia Roberts is so beautiful.
0: Like, what the fuck? Where... What happened?
2: He literally played shane's deadbeat dad on the l word and as soon as i saw him i was like what are you doing here you bastard
0: i don't like i really don't know him for uh, like i don't know much of his career i'll say like it's just not like he's not an actor i've ever really given a shit about like or he's never mm-hmm. been in really anything that i care about i think he was in like the dark night at one point like but i don't remember as who even
2: but like he's Wait, he was nominated at the Golden Globes for his role in Bob Fosse's Star eighty.
0: He's in that? I've never seen that.
2: Legal drama suits, NBC drama heroes, CBS soap opera, The Young and the Restless.
0: Oh, he wasn't he wasn't Dark Knight. As like a gangster. Okay
2: wait we we need to see oh my god his filmography is so expansive that it has its own wiki page it's not even on his normal wiki page that's kind
0: of impressive oh he was in it is he was in the smack that video by akon
2: smack that on the floor
0: um what a weird (laughs) he's been he's did a lot of shit i guess but yeah i like i only really recognized him as julia roberts brother at first
2: that's amazing to me that you would recognize him as that first beyond yeah. anything else that he's ever done. Wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. wait,
1: wait.
0: <laughs> he was in Grey's Anatomy.
2: Okay, I, that's what I thought, but I couldn't remember what episode. So I'm like, maybe I'm just remembering it again
0: in season, He's in season seventeen of Grey's Anatomy, which is only a season I've only seen once. So I don't, I, I don't know it very well at all.
2: Every actor in human. Life yeah, has yeah. been on Grey's Anatomy. So we're never going to know unless we watch it again.
0: No, every episode it comes back... Every episode we find another... It's another actor who's been in Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Seriously. Anatomy gets a name drop in this episode of Glee.
2: Yep. She's like, ooh, I love that show. I am like, me too, bitch. Yeah. We love a Grey's <laughs> Anatomy stand.
0: Oh Dude. my God. I... Yeah. I
2: like, like
0: forgot what you were talking about. <laughs>
2: we were just talking about the banquet scene. And like, my biggest beef with this scene... Is that if she wanted to demonstrate v- Blaine's vocal ability and star quality, why would she choose this dumbass song over literally any other song? Any like,
0: other song? The
2: song sucks. It's... Oh, fuck. Like, honestly, they should have chosen a song that would make Blaine be theatrical and be, like, his bold self a and performer. be, like... A performer, right? And you this know song what, is they s- what they should have
0: done? What? They should have made him sing a song from How to Suc- Succeed in Business.
2: Yeah, like something that big been in cool. Broadway. Something big in Broadway. Nothing like...
0: That is my general... That's another issue I have with this episode, too, is that, like, all these characters are doing big Broadway things. And none of them are doing big Broadway numbers. Except for Mercedes and Santana. That's the only song that makes sense in the context of their storyline. Why isn't Rachel singing a different song when she's trying to show the passage of time and how unhappy she is? You know how many fucking Broadway songs there are about that? Pick anything from, like, <sighs> what the fuck is it? Sunset Boulevard.
2: Exactly.
0: Pick something from Sunset Boulevard. Or I'm sure there's a Barbara song about that. Or something from Yentl. Or, uh, and like, anything else. And then mm-hmm. for Blaine and Kurt to be singing a One Direction song at this benefit for this old-as-shit New York socialite at a drama school, why not pick something else? Like, pick something fun and... St- Pick something where it would really show Blaine out singing and out performing. Pick something from like a a West Side Story would be cool to show Blaine as like the Tony character and him really outperform Blaine or uh, Kurt in the or something from like now I'm trying to rack my brain.
2: There's just so many songs. The point is, pick there's some, just so pick, many. Songs you know that- what?
0: Make them sing like "Agony" from "Fucking Into the Woods." Yeah, like something big and it's silly where Blaine can really out fucking shine, right. and then I do like the bet that when they when Rachel sings the rose,
2: I liked that moment. I thought because that, was that good. made
0: sense. That made that was the one part of this whole arc that made sense because she's supposed to look stupid.
2: Rachel is on one in her audition this whole scene ep-
0: yeah this whole and in this whole
2: episode too like why would she sing for an audition for a tv show she's not that stupid like this bitch knows how show business works she knows how the industry works like she is wanting to get famous that means yeah. she's done her she research knows. she knows how shit you, works like
0: she you know she's seen every behind every e true hollywood story Every documentary about a behind the scenes of how she's a show got made. YouTube
2: videos about people who have gone to auditions and what to do and what not yeah. to do.
0: She's also going to fucking drama school. And I'm just has gone mad at to-
2: her. I'm mad at the writers, actually. I'm not mad at Rachel. This, this, sh- she would never do this. She's not a stupid idiot. No, she's, and just she's not.
0: She's gone through a rigorous audition process for a Broadway musical. She right. knows how auditions work, she understands how these work. Like, it's just like. They're trying to, what they're trying to do feels very ham, ham, like ham fisted. Yeah. How they're trying to make her look stupid. Mm -hmm. When I'm happy to believe Rachel's stupid, I don't need to be convinced. But they're doing a lot of convincing for, they're trying to make her seem stupid in a way where I know for a fact she has, she is not, because she has proven it.
2: Right. Like she may have moments of stupidity in other areas of her life, like choosing a boyfriend, not realizing. Yeah,
0: interpersonally. But like. Yeah. She all she is not an idiot when it comes to show business because mm-hmm. she is studied,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and she has proven that.
2: That's her passion, and it's just like, Ugh. I don't know. Like she sounds so good, but like, but you can't leave Broadway. She can't.
0: Oh. She she has she is built for it.
2: Her expression when he's trying to explain the plot of the TV show is me <laughs> pretending to understand math. She's like, uh huh, okay. That, sh-
0: that show would go on for fifteen seasons. Like that show is. <laughs> R- Riverdale
2: as soon as they were like with a strong Grey's Anatomy element she's like great I love that show <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like the whole audition scene is so funny I think all the people in it are doing a good job yeah uncomfortable and being annoyed because I'm yep. like oh yeah you're like this is fine and I think she's doing a good job of being unaware but I still don't believe that she would be unaware
2: and I also don't believe that she would ever give a bad audition I'm sorry, but I just don't. She would not. She is not the type of bitch to show up and give a bad audition. Like, she would have noticed that they hadn't sent her the script. Actually, she probably would have asked for the script in her fucking dressing room. Hell, I could have written this fucking episode better than the people who actually did.
1: Absolutely. I'm
2: like, my face is getting red right now because I'm, like, getting annoyed. Like, first of all, Rachel would have asked for the script as soon as he tried to pitch her the show. She would have asked her a description of the show. She would have asked who her co-star is. She would have linked him on like myspace or facebook and looked she's at a his geek. videos she's she a loser fucking, yeah, she knows she, this shit she knows this shit she would have literally called the guy that she was going to be auditioning with and like hey i think we should get together two to three days before the show um before my audition so that we can test our chemistry and really get to know each other like yeah
0: she would do everything in her power to get this job
2: exactly like she knows what the fuck is up she wouldn't have showed up without the script she wouldn't have showed up with her lines memorized she wouldn't have showed up and sang a song when she knows this is for a tv show like i'm sorry but no no it's
0: so unbelievable it's so infuriating and it's like i can't turn my brain off and just watch it because it's so stupid
2: Mm -hmm. because we know these characters and we're both nerds and we both know that these characters would never Act this way. Like, Blaine wouldn't be a bitch towards his boyfriend who's trying to launch his career and impress a famous Broadway star. Kurt, Kurt wouldn't act weird when Blaine tells him that, like, we're planning a show.
0: Yeah, I... Okay, so the, let's get into the we need Kurt to talk and about, of it all. Yeah, we need to talk I, about the
2: curtain but because it's literally the next scene right after this. The next this. scene like, is when... Blaine explains that... Yeah, so the next scene is basically when she's like, you need to dump him. And Blaine tries to explain that Kurt deserves to have his talent showcased too. But she's literally like, you need to end this engagement. Like, (sighs) And Blaine's face is like, he's almost like contemplating it, I feel. Did you catch that?
0: Yeah, because I mean, eventually, like spoiler, they do break up because of the whole age thing and everything like that. So here's my hot take. Hot take.
1: Hmm.
0: I don't dislike that plot line. Mm. I think it. I think especially Kurt and Blaine, they've been together for so long in the story of the show, and they've had their breakups. I can see like they break up when Blaine cheats, which also that's more um, wildly out of character to that me. Is
2: wildly out of character than
0: this is. Mm-hmm. I think I think Blaine is because he's like Blaine late. is a
2: master of communication. If he was unhappy, he would have said something instead of cheat.
0: Exactly. I think Blaine can be convinced by this woman that they're so young. And I think he can almost be guilted into breaking up with him because he does want what's best for Kurt. And the way she's selling it is that like, this is what's going to be best for both of you. Like you both need to be, you're both so young. Like, you know what I mean? Like all that. I think that's the only reason I could see them breaking up. And I don't hate that storyline because I do think they are very young. I think that, it gets a little stale when you have the couple together for so long without really much drama. under drama, but drama that makes sense still because the, the cheating, I don't like, I don't like that. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. I think there's a better way to handle the lo- like them breaking up because of their long distance and the like inaccessibility to each other. Where it's just like, they just got lonely. Just, they drifted apart, anything like that. The cheating. No, they would not do that. It doesn't make sense to me, whatever. But this, I like the Shirley McLean storyline of her being like you two need to fucking get it get over it (laughs) i Mm. think because he's it's come she's not saying it maliciously she's not doing it to hurt his feelings she's doing it because she's like kid i've been there
2: i just don't think they need to break up i think that maybe i don't think so either it's not time for the engagement and that's fine like maybe nobody should have proposed but it should have just yeah. been like, we're dating. We are growing into ourselves as individuals. We want to stay in our relationship, but we need to grow professionally and feel fulfilled in our careers before we're able to say with absolute certainty that we're ready to get married just because so, there's so much stuff that's unknown. And that they're not even 21 life, yet. Exactly. Like when you're in that phase of your life, you just don't know where the future is going to take you. And like sometimes that works in your favor and other times it doesn't. Like sometimes it means you can be open to any opportunity. but when you're in a relationship, you always mm-hmm. have to take that other person into consideration. So like I get where she's coming from where it's like she sees that Kurt is impeding on Blaine's willingness or ability to grow as an individual because he always takes Kurt into consideration. but and as an time, artist. like yeah, and as an artist, but like at the same time, that has always worked in their favor. Like, they look out for each other. Like, Blaine's yeah. looking out for Kurt here, but Kurt has always looked out for Blaine too and been like, oh, yeah, you're going to be in this cabaret show with me. Or, like, oh, yeah, like, any opportunity of mine is an opportunity of yours. Like, I think I want her really, to notice us.
0: This is a really good episode for Kurt, and nobody listens to him, which, again, is just like a reverberation of every other scene he's ever been in, basically. Because he brings Blaine in onto this performance. He's, like, really looking out for him and all that. He's giving Rachel his honest-to-God opinion. Like, you can't fuck this up. You did it. You made it. You can't blow this now. And then eventually when Rachel does blow it and she has to, like, fix everything, he's the one who talks to Santana and gets her help so she can fix the thing and go on and do the show, you know what I mean? And he even says, he's like, I'm jealous, but I'm not resentful. When Blaine is getting these opportunities and going around this town with, um... I I can't keep forgetting the character's name.
2: June.
0: June. Like he's like I'm jealous, but I'm not resentful of you. Like an opportunity for you is an opportunity for me. I'm happy for you. Like this is a huge thing. Like you know what I mean. So he's being really supportive. I think the biggest issue I have with this whole plot line that Blaine is having is that he doesn't. He's protecting Kurt in a way that is only going to hurt him in the end, which is again very naive, and he's young, so I can I can almost excuse that. But instead of just telling Kurt, like, oh, it's just a solo showcase for me. It's a solo show for me. Like, he
2: lied. He lied. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. That's my biggest beef with that episode. That's my biggest
0: gripe with that whole storyline.
2: Yeah, because, okay.
0: Kurt's not, Blaine isn't a liar.
2: Right. Even when he
0: cheats, he's not a liar. He tells him.
2: Like, my note is literally, like, why is he lying to Kurt when Kurt would have been understanding? Because his expectations were literally that she hated him, and he was right about that. He's a very perceptive person. He isn't stupid. Yes. And Blaine should have just trusted him. He so should like,
0: have given him the benefit of the doubt and uh, understood that he would be an adult about the situation. Exactly. Because he's and, already been.
2: And been like, sweetie, look, here's what's happening. She wants to give me a solo show. Far be it from me to...
0: Argue with that.
2: Argue with that. But I needed to communicate it with you because, like... Not that I think you would ever not want the best for me, but if you're upset over it, or you're mad at me, or you don't want me to do it, we can talk about it. I'm not saying that I'm gonna not do it, but like,
0: there's a discussion, there's a dialogue. We which need to something talk about it. Always had, and in this right. episode, for some reason, it just goes out the window.
2: It does. It doesn't make any sense. This is not Blaine in the slightest. Because it's not like there's Blaine even... is not a liar. Blaine would no. tell her. And like, it's
0: not even like we get a scene from Kurt where he's, like, complaining to Rachel. Where uh, yeah. Or, like, Blaine more... overhears. Exactly. Or... Where Kurt is just, like, being upset or...
2: Jealous. Yeah. Like... He's not. He's being no, he's supportive not. the
0: whole time. He's yeah. like, babe, this is huge for you. I'm so happy for you. You deserve this. Like, I'll be there right with you the whole time. But, like, it's a he's no he understands that it's about Blaine. So Blaine is protecting him almost
2: for himself. Blaine
0: yep. is doing it to make himself feel better. Can so he doesn't have to have thing, the hard though? conversation. Yeah, what's
2: up? And this is just the devil's advocate in me a little bit. But I also <laughs> feel like there's no such thing as like a perfect person or a perfect relationship. No, and of course I think this could also just be a moment where like Blaine's just not being perfect. Like Blaine is yeah. making a mistake.
0: Absolutely. I think. Yeah, I think I would have more. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. It's I just think not a believable
2: mistake. Like Blaine, it, yeah, yeah, that's
0: the thing. It doesn't feel like a believable mistake because they've had...
2: Conversations I think if lives.
0: they wanted to set this up, there could have been a scene, a small scene where Kurt and Mercedes are having a conversation, or Kurt and Rachel, Kurt and Santana, whatever, where Blaine half overhears it.
1: hmm
0: And he misconstrues... Right. ...what Kurt is saying, and where Kurt is like, yeah, I'm a little, like, he's like, yeah, I'm sad about this, whatever. And then Blaine, like, walks off screen, and then we hear Kurt say, it's like a classic, like, misunderstanding where Kurt yeah. says, but I'm really happy for him, and this is a great opportunity, and, like, I'm going to be there for him the whole time. And then Blaine doesn't hear that, though, so he's doing this to protect him because he thinks Kurt's actually upset, and it's going to cause more problems. Which, like, that scene is necessary to set this up and make me believe that Blaine isn't being perfect. you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I mm-hmm. need, there needs to be one more added in there, Mm-hmm. To understand why Blaine is doing this, because everything Kurt has said to him has been like exactly how he's felt, and he's been honest. Because he even says he's like, I am jealous. Yeah, she's been. Kurt has been one hundred percent honest with him, and we don't get a scene where we assume he's doing it just to protect Blaine. That would be different.
1: Like I think, we don't. Yeah,
0: we don't get that setup where Kurt is just doing it to so to. It's almost like they're both. It feels like they were trying to do a storyline where they were both trying to protect each other by not being honest, but it's only, we're only getting one side of that storyline. Honestly,
2: that would never happen. Can we go back a few episodes to when we talked about the episode where Blaine is like, he's like, no, not Blaine, but Kurt is like, sometimes I feel like we're just Blaine and the pips.
1: Yeah. Kurt
2: always says when he's He'll- jealous or upset about something, and Blaine always listens to him and takes it to heart. Like, these characters are not acting like themselves in this episode. Like, if Kurt was jealous about something, which he literally says in this episode that he is, at the same time, Blaine takes his feedback into consideration, but doesn't lie about it. He's like, yeah, you know, I I just feel like Blaine wouldn't have lied to Kurt about this. He would have said the truth, and... Blaine should have just trusted him, period. And
0: even, like, in Prom Queen, when they're having the whole conversation about, like, the kilt and everything like that, and Blaine and Kurt have a disagreement, and Blaine sides a little bit more with Bert about, like, are you doing mm-hmm. this just to get attention? Whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Kurt does not give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Kurt is like, okay, well, I'm doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, he's totally comfortable um, not being on the same page with Blaine. Yeah. And that's been set up so many times before, so it feels like... Blaine should know, take what he's saying at face value because if he was feeling a different way, sorry, I had to burp. If he was feeling a different way, he would just tell you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So why, it's like, don't handle him with kid gloves at this point. Like you've been together long enough that you can you can have these difficult conversations. Right. It's not like they just got together last week. This would make, this storyline would make more sense in season three. I agree. Or when they're not, on. when their
2: relationship isn't as established, or when they're both yeah. still a little bit more insecure at this point, all of them are young adults. You shouldn't be acting like that. And they
0: haven't. They more wouldn't grounding. be acting like that. Yeah. Yeah, they have grounding in their, in who they are at this point and their yeah. relationships, and we see that with like Santana and Rachel eventually, where they do kind of have this like, they have a mutual understanding of each other a little bit more. Well,
2: I mean that comes literally right after the scene where yeah. Santana basically goes on as Fanny. And I would fucking die for her. I, I would, love her uh, so much. She and then, looks so good, too, in she the looks dressing room scene. Good. I know. And then she meets up with Rachel. And Rachel's like, I owe you so much. Like, thank you so much for saving the performance. Thank God. I, I don't know what I would do without you. And she's like, so I just want to know, like, what do I owe you? And Santana's like, is that the kind of friend that you think I am? That like,
0: line makes me so sad.
2: And then when Rachel looks at her expectantly, it's it's. I feel sad, but I also don't because Rachel's kind of right. Like up until that point, they've had so much acrimony between them. Like I know that Santana has been trying to grow, but like at the same time, the way that she's like, you know what? I accept your perception of me and let this be a sign of this friend that I'm trying to become.
1: Yeah, So even she is
2: able to admit that like she hasn't been a perfect friend in the past, but like the way I literally died when she's like, Oh my God, my Pesbury shipping heart. Like, (laughs) I I died. She was like, I only, she's like, I'm trying really hard to show people how I feel when I care about them. And I guess this means that I care about you. I was like, "Ah, oh my God, (laughs) I I like shrieked and I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And then Santana started looking at her like, "Mm, yeah,
0: yeah, it's a good scene for the two of them. It's like, this is one of my favorite scenes probably in the episode. They're being it, so cute. They're being so cute, and it but it doesn't feel forced,
2: right? They're like eating spaghetti and like just being good friends.
0: And there, there's a there's a new level of respect for each other, and a new a new level of friendship that they have, where it's like, I got you. I may think, and she even says she was like, I would fire you, but it's like Russell Crowe or uh, Johnny Carson's like. Even no matter how you act, people are going to want to, like, work with you. You just have that thing about you. Yeah. And it's, like, true. It's Rachel has that magnetism. She has the it factor. And even in her personal relationships, when, like, her and Santana have not gotten along most of the time they've known each other, they still have this mutual respect for each other.
2: Right. Like, Santana voted her as MVP, and when yeah. Rachel starts acting like a goofball, she's like, she's making me regret voting for her, but she voted for her. So it, at
0: the end of the day, she voted for her, and it's like I, I really like that scene, and I'm, it's like it is nice character growth between the two of them.
2: Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So then we get back to Kurt and Blaine, and he, they're just being stupid. Um, so, but dumb. does Blaine d- even
0: go to fucking class anymore? Like, what? like
2: darren's eyebrows are so triangular here like they just literally looked so triangular. i was
0: barking at my screen every time he showed up <laughs> the entire episode i'm like feral i oh my god i like what the fuck he's so sexy
2: these characters get so much more attractive as they age it's yes sickening.
0: kurt looks really good in this episode Kurt looks too. really good
2: in this episode santana's looking fine good. mercedes is looking great rachel looks amazing
0: They all look amazing in this episode. Fucking Shirley MacLaine looks hot as shit, too, in this episode.
2: Seriously, right now. I was like,
0: okay, wait, work. You better.
2: Period. (laughs) And so I guess backing out of a performance is illegal when you have, like, an ironclad contract. So, like, when he was like, Rachel, we're going to fire you if you ever pull something like this again. She literally closes the door, gets a phone call about a development deal, and does it again. Literally, dumb seconds bitch. after he tells her not he, to do it and that he will fire her and ruin her entire reputation, shit. she takes the call and says yes. And then he, that's
0: how it ends, too. W- he was fucking her up in that room. Mm-hmm. He was like, it was all body shots. Period. Beating the shit out of this girl. Mm-hmm. And then she's so stupid. She mm. does it. Ag- she's like, okay, let's go. The Ra- Untitled Rachel Berry Project. Oh, she's so infuriating! It doesn't make any sense, especially if okay. I would have a lot more empathy, and I, I think I would enjoy this episode a lot more, and not it wouldn't make me as mad if everything happened like it did. Whatever, she has that conversation with him where he's like, "I will fucking ruin you," and she's like, "Okay," and she takes him at his word. She gets that phone call at the end. It plays this. It like up until that moment, it's the same episode, and then she says, "No." She says. I don't want to. And she says no to the TV deal. I would have so much more respect for that episode because that's like, oh, great. She learned her lesson.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She learned her lesson. She understood that there's consequences for things like this. She's an adult. She made. She signed a deal. She made a contract. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She's going to fucking ride this out. And eventually she'll leave Funny Girl. Like, you don't stay in the show for, forever. She'll maybe get a Tony nomination. She'll do that, whatever. And then, then she can move on. And she's like, you know what? How about we put a pin in this TV stuff until later on?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: when my star is a bit brighter i have a bit more pull we can really work something out creatively i think i would be like you know what that makes sense this is a nice one episode arc of her recognizing what she has is important and she needs to really sit in that but no at the end of the episode she just says fuck it i didn't learn from my mistakes and that makes me so mad
2: (sighs) i just can't believe that's how it ended it almost felt like a season finale, yeah, because of it how abrupt like, it, it was. So abrupt, it was just like
0: it really boom. does feel like. And a then season they finale. started playing
2: the credits. I was like, "What? Like, also, how the fuck is that an ending?"
0: This episode was so front heavy with all the performances. Like most of them were in the first twenty minutes.
2: This episode sucked.
0: This episode sucked.
2: Yeah, I'm just gonna like, like I'm 100% straight up in agreement with you that it, it's just a bad episode. Period. Like
0: I really did not like this episode. Very unsatisfying. Yeah, well, it's yeah. set like everyone's. Every all the conflicts are so stupid and unnecessary, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. don't add anything.
2: The character development is zilch. Like yeah. we don't if see anything. These we backpedal. In, yeah, we backpedaled completely, except, except for, for Santana. Santana. Exactly. exactly.
1: <laughs>
0: except for Santana yeah. and Kurt. This is a good episode for Kurt because he's like genuinely being a good friend and good partner to everyone in this episode. But they just don't respect him enough to listen to him or take what he's saying at face value.
2: Right. Oh, my God. Well, I can't also, believe it. Also, wait. Like...
0: Sam is, like, supposed to be living with Mercedes and Santana in this episode, I think, and he just doesn't show up.
2: Where are Where are? Like, his characters? At
0: this point, him and Artie have moved to New York because Sam right. is a model and um, Artie's in film school. But Sam just wasn't in this episode at all.
2: I don't get it. They fucked up. They fucked up this episode like badly. Like, who wrote it? I I want to know who wrote it.
0: Sucked shit. Whoever wrote this episode, who? Wait, let's look.
2: Like, we need to look it up.
0: Written by. Roberto, who is this man? Who the
2: hell is that? That's not one of the three people we know and love.
0: That's not someone that I trust. He wrote. He writes on Riverdale, Sabrina, and Pretty Little Liars original sin now. Mm, no. Flop. Flop. Oh, he wrote on Big Love. That show's good. But I hate this episode. I'm mad. I hate this fucking episode. Mm. He
1: wrote
0: uh, he wrote some comic stuff. Any nothing I recognize off the top of my head.
2: Who directed it?
0: Um that's a good question. Let's look. It's directed by Coke Ian Brennan. Ian Brennan letting us
2: Ian, down. you know better than that. This is yeah. some Zach Woodley shit. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: wrote, this guy wrote six episodes of Glee. Which ones? Show me now.
2: Remember we looked this up last episode?
0: Yeah, well, no, but I'm talking about this new guy.
2: Oh, right. Which okay.
0: episodes did he write? Let's see if there's any other stinkers. Oh, you're not even going to list them? Fucking Glee Wikipedia? Okay. Episodes written. He wrote the first time. <gasps> That's a good episode. Mm, mm. All of these episodes are good. I don't know what... He must have... He flopped. So he wrote the first time, which is an episode I like. Um, From th- season three. He wrote On My Way, which is a season three episode two... Oh my god, wait. Is this the episode... Wait, what episode? That's the episode where Karofsky tries to kill himself. Holy shit, this guy's on one. (laughs)
2: Mm -mm -mm.
0: He also wrote Glee, which is an episode I also like.
2: You know who my favorite director and writer is for Glee. And it's Brad.
0: Yeah, Brad kills it.
2: Brad is 100% the best writer on Glee. And the best director on Glee. He... Every single episode that he has written... I love.
0: I hate this guy.
2: Sexy, born this way, New York, never been kissed. Um, <laughs> like Britney two diva, the quarterback.
0: Oh my um, God! Oh. Jagged
2: little tapestry. That episode was written explicitly and utterly so for me. Like that episode is so good. Um, Alanis set and Carol King crossover, written for me, that made like, for me.
0: Yeah, that's incredibly our
2: niche. And episodes directed. Again, so good. Preggers. Um, mm-hmm. New York. Heart. Goodbye. Ugh. The new Rachel.
0: What the fuck, dude? I'm sorry. I fucking hate this episode.
2: This episode is bad.
0: Uh, yeah. If this was a, like. That's it. That's our, our favorite and our least favorite episodes of Glee.
2: I can't believe we just finished with Glee and this is how we ended it. <laughs>
0: but it's kind of like. It's a real, lo- it's a bummer episode, and I think we, our issues with it are 100% valid.
1: 100%. And, it, and-
0: you know what, if this is your favorite, if you like this episode of Glee, get in our mentions, because I'm ready to fucking fight, because you're out of your mind. This right. episode sucked, and I'm like, really, I'm really bummed out with it, but I think it's good to talk about, because I mean, we had some really high points.
2: I think it's really good to talk about it because Glee is not perfect. In fact, like, oh, a lot of the time when I talk to people about Glee, I'm, like, telling them that I hate it. Yeah, so, like, same. It's totally valid that we ended on an episode that we both hated.
0: Yeah, and it's it feels nice to just, like, really get it out of our system. Yeah. Because we were we were very complimentary to Glee for most of this. So it's, it's nice to really dig in and be like, oh, they shit the bed on this one. <laughs> exactly. But, um yeah it feels we did it we did glee
2: we did glee everyone so now we're gonna be taking a little hiatus before season two where we begin talking about Grey's Anatomy we're so pumped about it oh my god um y'all are not ready y'all need to like get your stuff in order
0: yeah get your houses in order start the rewatch now
2: yeah start the rewatch now if you're gonna gonna be talking about
0: our faves and least faves from seasons one through five of Grey's
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: just so you can, it's it's still a lot of TV.
2: Oh my God, we understand
0: not that, ready. but it's a bit easier to talk about in this, in that small chunk than the show as a whole. Um, I tweeted this on the, uh, you know, that episode account the other day, but it was like, if you thought I was annoying talking about Blaine Anderson, you are not <laughs> ready to hear me talk about Meredith Grey.
2: <laughs> oh my oh, God,
0: it is it is going to be. Like, this is us full terror mode. This is goblin mode, Trevor and Victoria is talking about Grey's Anatomy.
2: Fully, fully, fully on another level.
0: Glee was us tame.
2: It's about to be excessive.
0: Yeah. um, I'm really, really excited to start talking about it. But yeah, we are going to take a little break. Just to get our house in order, because it is a lot.
2: Mm-hmm. We need to do some pre-work.
0: Yeah, it's it's a big undertaking.
2: But um, thank you all so much for listening to our first season. Please reach out if you want to talk about anything or have any feedback about this most recent episode. Listen and leave a review. Share with your friends. And we'll be back soon.
0: Yeah, thank you again so much. It's been so much fun. We're, I'm, I'm really excited to keep talking about all of the messy shows we like.
2: <laughs> Me too. Oh my gosh. And this is only the beginning.
0: Oh god, yeah.
2: <laughs> Alright, thanks everyone. Take care. Bye. Bye bye.
0: Hell yeah, bitch.
2: Oh my god, he's online. Can he see me? What the hell is she
0: talking
1: about? Who's this? Can I to Angelina, please?
0: No, she died.